Hello, welcome and thank you for joining us today on Friend of God, brought to you by Friendship Baptist Church in Sturgis, Mississippi. It is our goal every week to bring the Word of God to as many people as possible. We pray that you enjoy today's message, but more importantly, we pray that it changes your heart and provokes life change and action. God bless, and please listen from your heart. Enjoy. This past time we gathered together, we looked at the first half of what it meant to have spiritual gifts. We even defined what spiritual gifts are and how they are useful for the body. So this week, what I really wanted to do was to continue to talk about that to help us be able to benefit the whole of the church. If you have not seen last week's video, please go back and watch the sermon from last week. It'll help you in this week. So if you are at home and, and you'd like to go back, it should be in our videos. That way, everything kind of flows together. If you are new this week, spiritual gifts are those that are given to us after we know ourselves as a child of God. After we trust and believe that Jesus has saved us, spiritual gifts are the way that, that he uses you and I for his glory. So spiritual gifts is something that each and every one of us have. You all heard today Jonah read and share the passage from 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 31. And in that passage, it really talks about the body. It talks about God and what He does. It talks about our need for one another. It talks about all the things that we are to be involved in. So firstly, as we look at this passage, we see that the body is meant to be comprised of more than one. Funny enough, uh, in verses 14 through 17, I, I kind of sum this up. You know, if you think about going to a restaurant or you think about going somewhere, they usually ask how many are in your party. So no one would say when you were talking about spiritual gifts and you're talking about the body, you would never say the body party of one. Because in reality... We all need one another. We all have gifts and abilities, and we all have something to offer for the kingdom of God. It says in verse 14, for the body is not one member, but many. So we have to understand that one person can't do it all. Two people can't do it all. Three people can't do it all. It takes each and every one of us playing a vital role in the overall purposes of the church. So it takes more than just one or the other gift. It takes all of us living up to our full potential in our spiritual gifts and allowing for God to do something transformative in our lives. When you and I are, are doing our very best to bring glory to God, utilizing those gifts, then that is when He is glorified the most within a church. Can you imagine what that picture would look like if each and every one of us here today, you watching at home, use the gifts and abilities that God has given to us to the very best of our capabilities, but to the glory of God. 
Can you imagine how much that would change you individually, but it would change those around you? Not only those around you, but it would change the whole face of the church. If you can imagine everyone doing as they ought to do, you might think that that harkens back to a time gone by where everybody seemingly worked together and were were giving towards others' interests and helping one another in their greatest time of need. And if someone needed something, someone would show up with it. You know, those kind of things is what we're talking about here. The body is meant to be more than just one. And in a society right now, I think what doesn't benefit the church is this idea of individualism all about oneself and getting ahead myself versus what we can do for the whole. And there was an illustration given, and it comes from and stems from 2 Timothy 4.3. It says this, it says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. So there's... There's a time to where there's so many people that will embrace so many things and so many doctrines and so many understandings when the one true thing they need is an authentic faith in God, a transformative relationship with Him. It is a relationship day in and day out and allowing for God to utilize the gifts and abilities He's given us to the very most. And, and I think sometimes many of us kind of go lackluster or get comfortable and we don't think what could God do to bring this abundant life that he talks about? How could God use me? And in a world where everybody thinks, well, everybody's just the same and everything should be acceptable and everything should be believed or everything should be this or that, and they try to frame things in that way. You and I are meant to live differently. We're meant to live according to the Word of God. We are meant to live thinking greater than ourselves, but loving one another, helping others, sending out and helping out in others' needs before ourselves so that we might help the whole. Because when one member struggles, we all struggle. When one member goes through something difficult, we all go through something difficult. My brother, my sister, what they're going through matters to me. And it should matter to each and every one of us because all that we do as part of the body works together for His good and His purposes. God has placed the members, according to verse 18, God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as He desired. So in understanding that, you and I are in the areas that we need to be. We just need to be stronger and more overt in what we're doing. We need to live boldly with courage, with a certain tenacity and passion because of the message that we have during a time as this. We all find that because we are unable to get together, and maybe you feel this way too, because we're unable to physically get together right now, we value that more, don't we? We can't wait till we can gather together physically, me and you in the same room, worshiping together, and what a glorious day that will be. 
I hope that you value that just as much as you value the fact that we're back together and God is going to do something extraordinary. God is going to use these gifts and these abilities that you have spent time working through and on during this time where you've been separated. So when you get back together, you're kind of like this. I'm ready to go. I'm standing ready to get in and ready to serve, ready to be used for God's glory, ready to bring this entire church forward in Christ. My heart is that is your hope as we return together. Not that we, we can just get together, but that we can get together and the church is transformed and God is glorified. What a day that will be. Secondly, as we look at spiritual gifts, we need to understand, as, past, as, as it said in verse 18, that we are placed by God... But furthermore than that, we are known and loved by Him. If I were to ask you what it means for you, sitting there, watching there, to be known and loved by Him, how would that encourage you to be one who goes out with passion, with boldness, to speak the truth? to use the gifts and abilities that you have that I don't have, that someone else might have that benefits the body as a whole. Can you imagine what that will look like when the church is actually the church? Now, if you're a theologian there, you might have taken that statement and said, well, I am the church. Christ resides in me, and I understand that. But in this passage... We are talking about how you and I are better together than we are as a single unit. We are meant for community. We are meant to work together for the common good. We are meant to be in Christ for His glory, powered by the Holy Spirit. And that leads me into the, the third point as we begin to look through these passages. You and I need one another. Amen? We need one another. It's not just about me accomplishing my mission. It's about us, you and I, accomplishing His mission for His glory, for His sake, and to the very last breath that we draw. What are the great legacies of anybody, anywhere, is that it could be said that they lived a holy, righteous, blameless life, that they served others in humility before they served themselves. And by doing so, we understand there's more to this picture than we can see. Someone explained it to me like this. They said, God is painting a bigger picture than me and you ever know or will ever understand. We need one another as we are walking through this season, as we are going through these times, we don't need to, to separate and go to our place, although that's probably what we're doing as far as that goes, but there are so many ways to connect with one another. And just as that same thing goes, the entirety of the body needs you. And I know that there are many of you that might think, 
well, I am a weak member, or I am a strong member, or, or I, you know, I don't know how to deal with this person, or I don't know how this personality meshes together. It is not about your personality. It's about God's glory in you. It's about you saying, my gift or my gifts are these, and I am going to serve God. Those around me, I want to be there for. I want to help strengthen others. And, and so I am going to do my part, and I am going to encourage them to do their part. I am going to do my part, and I'm going to help them grow in their knowledge of Jesus Christ. I'm going to do my part, but I realize that I need others to do their part as well. We all need to work together. Verse 24 says this, Whereas our more presentable members have no need of it, but God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked, so that there, are, there may be no divisions in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. That if one member suffers, we all suffer. That if one member is going through something, that we all go through that. If one member is honored, we all rejoice. How many times has someone been acknowledged for what they have done? And you've said, said something encouraging instead of saying, well, why didn't they call my name? Or why didn't they call me out? See, serving God, you're not doing it so that your name is called or your name's on a plaque or your name stands out. No, it's far greater than that. You and I serve with our giftedness for the body, but yes, so that God's name is glorified. If anybody's name is put on a marquee or put out somewhere, it is the name of Jesus Christ. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. It is all of those things in our lives. We work together. We need one another, but for the common goal of bringing God's glory. So we are the body and individually members of it, but we are together as well. So fourthly, we, as we are Christ, part of Christ's body, we are individual members. Yes, we have dual membership. I bet you didn't know that. That you and I are part of the family of God, Christ. And what He did as He sacrificed Himself, himself as He died and arose, we are part of His family being children of God, but also we must understand that we are not, we're not only together as the body, but we are individual members of, of that. We have dual membership. And so what, what happens as a part of that? What are some of the things that comes along with that? Well, it says that in verse 28, it says, And God has, a, has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles and gifts of healings, helps, administrations, various kinds of tongues. They're not all of us that are apostles. Not all of us speak in tongues. Not all of us are workers of miracles. Not all of us do the same thing. So individually, yes, we all have different gifts. But also as part of the body, they all work together. They all work in, in, in conjunction. They all work as a symphony together, playing together, making a great piece of music for God's glory. But we must desire a more excellent ways. 
And that way is Jesus Christ. So utilizing those gifts, we must understand that He's doing something in us that is extraordinary. As we grow in our knowledge and acceptance and living out and boldness and courage and all that we do to live that gift out, we are growing beyond measure ourselves. And as we grow beyond measure ourselves and become more willing, then the whole body is going to thrive. The church will thrive. His people will thrive. So what does all this have to do with us? As we think about believers, that means those who have already made a a, a call to believe in Jesus Christ and accepted Him as Lord and Savior and are forever changed in that understanding of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. They are children of God. Believers, how are you utilizing the gifts and abilities for the kingdom of God? Do we realize that the power that we have emanates from the Holy Spirit. Do you realize, does it register in your mind just how powerful He is in you? I come across believers that say, well, I just don't feel comfortable, or that may not be my gift, or that may not be my thing to stand on stage. But I'm telling you, if God has given you that gift, the Holy Spirit's going to bring it about in your life. You've got to be willing to be bold for Him and say, I can't. I'm unable, but God can. And He has gifted me beyond measure. So I have something to offer. I have something to bring. I need to do more. I need to serve. I need to do what I've been called to do so that God might get the glory. I can't, but He can. So do you realize that kind of power that you have through the Holy Spirit? And what would it look like if you used the gifts you have been given for the overall unity and growth of the church? What if you did what you did and used the gifts and abilities and didn't care who got the credit? How many of you can say that you serve and you don't care who gets the credit? That you use your gift and ability at a high level And it doesn't matter if your name ever gets called. It doesn't matter if you ever get any recognition for it. Because you're not doing it for anyone else. You're doing it for God's glory. But it's evident when we're all doing what we ought to do. It's evident when everyone is about each other and loving one another, serving the church and serving God for His glory. It's evident because the church is advanced. The kingdom of God is advanced. They're reaching people and they are baptizing each and every week. It's because of the power of God that is taking control of the lives around and and it doesn't ever look the same as it did before. See, we all have imperfections and we all have pitfalls that remind us just how weak we are and just how much we need to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of God in us that gives us the gifts and abilities that we can do all that we can despite our shortcomings for God's glory. For those who are here and say, what does it mean to me if I don't know Jesus? If if I am lost? In the search for hope, there are many that are willing to just try about anything. 
all kinds of things I believe that many of you have tried to find and promise fulfillment and hope, but temporarily you might receive something, but I'm telling you it doesn't last. If you're searching for lasting results that will change your life and outlook for the future, that means that they will last and last and last. Then I implore you to consider salvation through Jesus Christ. I realize that there may have been other human beings that may have said this, and they have proved less than what they have said. But I ask you to look past them, because as human beings, we are all sinners saved by grace and are imperfect, yet therefore flawed. Therefore, I do, don't entrust your lives to people. You're not entrusting your life to me, but entrust your life to and have your faith in Jesus himself. See, ministers are only flawed conduits that connect you to the authentic Christ who is perfect. In The Lion King, I'm not talking about the new one, I'm talking about the old one. So if you, if you look back at it, in The Lion King, the old school animated version Rafiki tells Simba, upon finding him still alive with Timon and Pumbaa, and fully embracing the Hakuna Matata life, that his father Mufasa is still with him, and he needs to come back home to Pride Rock. When Simba looks upon the water, he is urged to look harder by Rafiki to see his father Mufasa, because he lives in him. So I'm asking you, who are lost, who need hope in Jesus Christ, to look harder. Yes, it's important that you listen to pastors and the message of Jesus while looking past us as pastors to see the one who saves. Think of the message and the passage of the prodigal son. What did the father do upon seeing the son that he had longed for and was unsure of his welfare? Did the father come to him, admonish him, and tear him apart with ridicule? Or did the father run to him, embrace him, and celebrate his return? See, I believe that the father, God, desires to do that today. It's time to look harder. It's time to come home. God says, all those who are weary and heavy laden, come home and you will find rest. Come unto me, you'll find rest. Aren't you tired of trying everything around the world that, that promises so much yet delivers on nothing? Why not on today take hold of Jesus Christ and allow for him to change your life for the better. He can make you brand new. The burdens that you carry, that you walk with, don't have to be held any longer. Maybe you felt like in the past weeks and, and even further back that you have this weight on your chest. And every time somebody mentions the name of Jesus or you come to a church or hear about it, you just feel like you are losing your breath. It's because God is reaching out to you to make a change. Now you've got to be the one, wherever you are, 
that takes the next steps to say yes to Jesus Christ. To say, yes, I want God, I want you to change my life, I want you to save me, I want you to do all the things that your scriptures promise. I know that I'm a sinner, I know that I need you. These are the things which I have done wrong. I confess that, I believe that Jesus died for me, and even if it were just me, he would have still died. He paid a debt that I could not pay. He rose from the grave. I too can overcome my sin through him. If you are lost, this evening, come to Jesus. If you seek Him, you will find Him. If you are likewise here this day, and you say, you know what, I am a Christian, I am a believer, but I have not allowed God to use and utilize His best in me for far too long. I've occupied a space at church. I've occupied a, a name and glory. My name's on the roll, but I haven't done anything of any consequence to live to benefit the body as a whole. I haven't used the gifts and abilities that I have been given. In fact, they've stayed kind of on a shelf somewhere gathering dust and dirt, and I need to pull them off and utilize them in my life for His glory that others might come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ that the body of Christ might be stronger, that the message of Christ might get out. See, we, we're in a world right now where people are looking for cures and are looking for hope in the midst of a pandemic. What they're really looking for is for me and for you, for believers in Christ, to tell them the truth in love, to share with them the life message through Jesus Christ, the hope through Jesus Christ. That there's nothing in this world that will ever parallel to who Jesus is. And He is the only way to the Father. But you and I have to actually live out that faith. That abundant life comes through when we look to others' needs greater than our own. Will you do that? Let me pray for you. Father God, I come this day. I ask you and you alone, God, to reach into the hearts of those that are watching. God, if there's someone that doesn't know your name as Lord and Savior, God, I pray that they stop everything that they're doing right now. God, and that they trust in you. Quite simply, that they call on your name through prayer and say, Jesus, I need you. I need salvation, and I realize you are the only way. I realize that I am a sinner, and nothing this side of heaven will help me. Jesus, you are the way where there was no way. And you died just for me and rose from that grave. So I too can turn from my way and believe in you and I will be a child of God. Heavenly Father, I pray that you give someone the courage to be able to say that this evening. Heavenly Father, God, I pray as, as we come as Christian believers, God, that you give us the courage, the tenacity, the passion, the boldness to be all you've called us to be, to live our spiritual giftedness so overtly and out loud that the whole body grows stronger, that someone might understand their need for Christ, that we might help one another more so than we even help ourselves. God, as you grow us, let us be willing to do whatever, wherever, for your kingdom's sake. And it's in that mighty name that we all pray, the name of Jesus Christ, amen.
Thank you for joining the Friendship Family today. We know that your time is the most valuable item you have, and we are enormously grateful that you chose to share it with us. If you would like to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, please visit our website, friendshipsturges.com, or our Facebook page at facebook.com fbcms. Both can be found in the show notes below. If you would leave a rating or review for our new podcast, we would be very appreciative. And if you would share it with others, we would be eternally grateful. We pray that you have a God-filled day. And remember, love God, love people, and reach the world. Have a good day.